Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you. My name is Ethan Magnus, one of the pastors here. Uh, hey, maybe if you're visiting us this weekend for Science Hills graduation, if that's the case, welcome. We're glad you're here, and congratulations to all uh, the graduates. Uh, you know, she mentioned VBS. Oh, there he is, right there. We've got a graduate right here. Look at that. Arms up. Give him a big hand. There he is. All right. Representing. Representing. Okay. Okay. All right. There it is. Good deal. Uh, today's also Memorial Day and um, you know, Memorial Day weekend, rather, and um, I know probably a lot of us are celebrating Memorial Day in different ways, um, but, uh, you know, Memorial Day got its start uh, as people recognized that we needed a way to remember those who have sacrificed greatly uh, for the people and the land they love, and so as I get started here, I'm going to jump into the sermon on the series, but I just want to offer a prayer and if you'd join me in that, I'd appreciate that. God, make us a people who remember and a people who are grateful for all those who for decades gone by have sacrificed so much for us people they didn't even know. This weekend, we will not forget, and we will be grateful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we're talking about it's complicated. Uh, we've been talking about relationships and just recognizing the reality that relationships are complicated. Uh, whatever your relationship status, there is no relationship status that isn't at least a little bit complicated. We've talked about singleness and motherhood. We've talked about covenant relationships like marriage. Uh, but today, I, I want to switch things up just a little bit. Uh, and I want to talk uh, not about a type of relationship like we've done so far, motherhood or singleness. Uh, and today I want to talk about a relationship skill. I want to talk about a skill that all of our complicated relationships need. If we're going to navigate a world where all relationships are properly described by the term it's complicated, we're going to need this one skill. It's a deeply Christian skill. It's one my guess is you've already got a little bit of, but if you're anything like me, you could probably get better at it. I was reminded of the significance of this skill in relationships uh, this weekend when I went to watch the new Star Wars movie. Anybody here seen the new Star Wars movie yet? Nobody? Right there. Okay, one person. All right. Well, I went and saw it. Uh, the new Star Wars movie, it's okay. You know, it'll be fun. It's a fun afternoon. It's not great. But anyways, um, but it, it tells the story of the young Han Solo. That's the, the story. So it's fun. And uh, uh, the young Lando Calrissian is fantastic. The whole movie's worth it just to see young Lando Calrissian. But anyways, um, but, but what, what, I, what I recognized in this story is that with a few exceptions, the broad arc of Han Solo's life, his whole narrative arc, is driven by his quest to repay a debt. 
He always finds himself owing money to one gangster or one mob or one gang after another. And this is true in this movie too, but it was true in the original trilogies. You may remember, I don't think I can, I think I can risk spoiling these movies since they came out in the 80s. Han Solo owes money to Jabba the Hutt and that's why he's got to go back and of course he ends up getting in trouble and all that thing. Uh, Han Solo's whole narrative is driven by his quest to repay a debt. And I was thinking about that. I noticed that as I was watching this silly little movie and thinking about today's sermon. Because it turns out our complicated relationships are filled with debts. In fact, if you stay in any relationship long enough, a friendship, a marriage, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your neighbor, if you stay in any relationship long enough, you eventually accumulate debts, don't you? Have you noticed that? You just begin to owe people I know some friendships where it feels like they spend most of their time trying to keep track of who owes what. I was out to dinner, it was probably a year ago now, with two people who were clearly very good friends and been friends for a long time. They spent 15 minutes trying to figure out who had paid for dinner last time so they would know who would pay for dinner this time. And at first I thought we were having some silly conversation, but then I discovered no it was very important to them that nobody ever get behind, that nobody ever owe a debt to another. You've seen this, right? You bought me dinner last time, I better buy this time, or you helped me move that one time, so I better make sure. I knew a person one time who had written a thank you note after a party, and then they'd hosted a party and had gotten no thank you note in return. Ten years later, they said, you know, until she writes me that thank you note, I'm not going to invite her back to a party. There was a debt in her mind that had not been repaid, and that unrepaid debt had become a permanent ten-year obstacle to their friendship. Some marriages are like this. Some marriages, you get talking to a couple, and a moment of vulnerability happens, and you discover that they have been keeping a ledger. Maybe not on paper. And they may forget everything else, but they have not forgotten the list of wrongs done to them for which they are owed a debt. And they both have their list, don't they, right? You've met some friends like this. You've met some couples like this, right? And maybe some of us, are here today keeping a ledger. And we're convinced that the way we're going to save our complicated relationships is to keep a ledger with enough detail about the debts owed to us so that at the proper time we can extract repayment for the debts we are owed. The problem is, a relationship built on a ledger of debts always breaks down. The, the, the simplest and most obvious way it breaks down is it's just no fun 
You know, over time, if, if your marriage is reduced to the list of things you owe each other, if your friendship is reduced to the list of things that have never been repaid, if, if your family relationships are reduced to who hosted Thanksgiving last year and who didn't come and who should have written a thank you note and all the debts you owe each other, well, they just aren't fun anymore. And at some point, you're just out. You know, life is too short, right? Life is too short to try to pay back all the people who have a list of what you owe them. That's the first problem. The second problem, though, is even more acute. Because if you're in a relationship built on a ledger of debts, you will eventually discover something. You will start to collect a list of a very particular kind of debt. A kind of debt that can never be paid back. Because in relationships, there are some debts that can be paid back, I know. But the debts that matter, the debts that destroy relationships are the other kind. You see, a relational debt is the kind that can't get repaid. And the trouble with a relationship where you are keeping a ledger of debts is over time, no matter how much they pay you back, you will start to accrue an impossible list of the kind of debts that can never be repaid. You see, you, you steal my cookie, well, just give me another cookie, and we're square. You wreck my car, just buy me a new one, and we're square. You buy me lunch, I'll buy you lunch, and we're square. There are some kinds of debts that can be repaid, but the kind of debts that destroy relationships are not those kinds of debts. The debts that destroy relationships are not monetary debts. They are relational debts, and those debts can never be repaid. I mean, think about it. Your, your, your friend lies to you. How do they pay that debt back? I mean, telling the truth is what you expected in the first place. That, that's just normal. That doesn't repay the lie. You can't untell a lie. It, it's told. Or someone insults you grievously. And they can apologize. But that does not pay back the debt. The wound is still there, open and bleeding. And they can say, I didn't mean it, but you sort of know they did. Or they ignore you or exclude you. Oh, they can say, I'll remember you next time, and that's all well and good, but that's what you expected them to do the first time. You can't repay a debt like that. It's not like buying somebody dinner. Don't worry, I got you next time. We'll go to Red Lobster. I'll make it worth your while. Or they forget you or belittle you or reject you. 
They tell a secret about you you'd expected them to keep. These debts, and these are the real debts that we owe one another, aren't they, right? It isn't about who bought dinner last time. In our relationships, the real debts that we accumulate are debts like these. When they abandoned us, when they should have been there for us, when they forgot us, when they should have remembered us, when they insulted us, when they should have supported us when they lied to us when we needed them to tell us the truth these are the debts that we build up in a relationship and these are exactly the debts that can never ever be repaid some of you are in a relationship right now it's a friendship or it's with your parents or it's a marriage and your relationship is in trouble. Because over time, the relationship bill, the list of debts, and the staggering amount has grown so great that of its own weight, it is ready to tear the relationship apart. And you are there wondering, why don't they pay back what they owe me? And I want you to know, the reason they don't pay back what they owe you is because the debt they have to you can never be repaid. The lies I told about a friend back in high school 30 years ago, I can't pay those debts back. Those lies are told. The damage is done. The harm has been caused. It cannot be repaid. I can admit to it. I can confess to it. But that doesn't pay it back. Any more than admitting I ate your cookie means you have a cookie. So what is there to be done? If all relationships of any time begin to rack up and collect relational debt, and if relational debt can never be repaid, yet its accumulation is a threat to every relationship you're in, what can we possibly do? Well, there is one way to eliminate this kind of debt. There is one way. It cannot be repaid, not ever. And if you're waiting for someone to repay a relational debt, you will wait forever because it cannot happen. But there is one way to eliminate relational debt. It can be forgiven. I did a wedding uh, yesterday. And in that, as often is the case, I got to read... Uh, from 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul is talking about love. In the middle there, he writes, Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. There is no ledger with love. For love knows the kind of debts we accumulate in relationships are not the kind that can be repaid. I just want to say real clearly, and we're going to talk a little bit about how, but I just want to make sure I'm as clear as possible. 
the relationships that you want to sustain over the long haul, they will either be relationships filled with forgiveness or they will crash and burn. That's it. Those are the only two options. Because every relationship you're in, if you're in it long enough, you will commit relational harm to one another, causing a relational debt to one another. You will lie to one another or disappoint one another or let one another down or ignore or forget or betray. And none of those debts can be repaid. And so if you want the complicated relationships of our lives to last, you will either learn to forgive or you will watch your relationships be destroyed. To forgive someone, the very word forgiveness, it comes from the world of finance. It's a financial term. It was in the ancient world. It is in our term. Uh, To forgive someone is precisely to release a debt that was owed. Like a bank would forgive a loan. Or like a friend would forgive a fault. And for Christians, the Bible teaches that for us, the foundation of our forgiveness for others is the truth that God has forgiven us. Jesus tells this story. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to maybe seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, now that is a debt that can never be repaid, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay him. Pay me back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. The very same words. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything. The master called the servant in, You wicked servant! I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This 
is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. There's a lot to learn in that parable. I'll start with the last words. It's terrible. It's terrifying, isn't it? This is how my heavenly Father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus here saying that the very way God treats us is somehow linked to the way we treat others. Jesus saying we are called to be like God in our forgiving, but more than just called to be like God, we are commanded to forgive. It's so important to remember this. Our forgiveness of those who have wronged us is not just the invitation of God. It is the command of God. When I refuse to give the, forgive the person who has wronged me, I am rebelling against God. Don't fool yourself and think that you can sit here today while you harbor unforgiveness towards someone in your heart and think that you and God are just peachy. No, if you are here today holding on to a debt that someone owes you that you need to forgive, instead, you are being confronted by God. And this notion that that, that our forgiveness and God's forgiveness are linked, this isn't just some sort of one-time thing here in this parable. Jesus is actually quite clear on this. He says this over and over again. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's as if God says to us, I'll let you decide what world you want to live in. You pick. You can either live in the world where everyone has to pay back their debts. Or you can live in the world where they don't. You get to pick. But if you demonstrate to me that you want to live in the world where people pay back their debts because you're always collecting or trying to, well, then you're going to live in that world. And when the time comes, I'll come and collect the debts you owe me. And you can't repay them. Because the debts that we owe to God aren't the kind that can be repaid. Or, God says, you could just decide to live in the world that I've invited you into. I've invited you into this other world, this world of profound grace, where we don't expect people to repay their debts. That might be something you just have to tell yourself every morning. The world of grace is the world where we don't expect people to pay back their debts. I'm not saying if somebody steals your cookie, you can't ask for a cookie back. I'm not talking about those kind of debts. I'm talking about the kind of debts that we can't repay. The person who insulted you, they can't pay back that debt. The person who ignored you, they can't pay back that debt. The person who unjustly criticized you and misjudged your character, that's a debt they cannot repay. 
And if you are expecting them to repay that debt, number one, you will be disappointed your whole life long. And number two, God's Word says that God will accept those terms. God will say, okay, you've chosen to live in a world where we always require people to pay their debts. And I'll accept that. But the alternative is so wonderful. The alternative will not only save your relationship with God, it will save your relationships. The alternative that the, that the, that the servant had before him, that poor, foolish servant, don't you see? If he had met the other guy the day before and demanded his hundred coins, well, we would have understood, right? He had a debt of 10,000 bags of gold sitting over his head. Of course he needed to demand every coin from everybody who owed him. But the thing he missed was, for the first time in his entire life, he was free to forgive. And that's what I want you to notice. When you let yourself live by God's terms, when you let yourself live under the grace of God, then for the first time in your life, you are free to forgive. That servant could have gone to the other servant and he's all groveling, oh, I know I owe you 100 coins. And he says, who cares? Keep the 100 coins. I just got forgiven 10,000 bags of gold. Keep whatever you want. Take my donkey. I'm a free man. And that is what God wants to do in your life. If you want to know where do you get started, how do you begin to live a life where we aren't keeping record of wrongs, where we aren't keeping track of debts, the place you get started is to recognize the radical magnitude of God's forgiveness for you. Go back through your life. Think of everything you owe God. God, I owe you from the from the, for that time I abandoned you, God, when things got hard. I owe you for that. And for all those thoughts, God, I owe you for that. And for what I did in my first marriage, God, I owe you for that. And for the way I treated that kid, I owe you for that. And for what I did to my parents and what I said to my sibling, God, I owe you for that. I, God, I owe you. Just, just go back and think of all the things that you owe God. And then put yourself in the place of that servant coming before the master with a debt you can't repay and to hear the master say, go. Your debt has been canceled. This is forgiveness. This is what God accomplished through the cross of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, the kind of debt that can never be repaid was repaid. Through Jesus, the kind of debt that you owe, that you could never repay, is repaid. 
Debts that no one thought could ever be repaid have now been repaid through the great work of Christ's forgiveness. This is why Paul writes, Christian love keeps no record of wrongs because God has done the same thing for us. And this skill, this no record keeping love, this is the essential skill for the complicated relationships of your life. You want to figure out how to love your kids your whole life long? Love keeps no record of wrongs. You want to figure out how to love your parents your whole life long? Love keeps no record of wrongs. You want to figure out how to sustain a friendship through good times and bad? Love keeps no record of wrongs. You want to figure out how to get your marriage back on a healthy trajectory? Love keeps no record of wrongs. You want to figure out how to restore your relationship with your business partner, your Sunday school teacher, your old buddy from high school? Love keeps no record of wrongs. This is the skill of forgiveness, and it's what every complicated relationship needs. It is the decision that you will not look for payback. And you will declare the debt canceled. I was reflecting on this and thinking about my own life. And I had this kind of flood of observation. In my life, every relationship that I still have exists because I have been forgiven. I just want to be clear. In every relationship I have, I can think of at least one thing and probably many things that I have done that would have been worth ending the relationship for. They would have been within their rights. The debt I created was big enough that they could have walked. Every relationship I have exists because I have been forgiven. And the flip side is also true. Every relationship I have exists because I have forgiven. There are no relationships that stretch out over time without relational debts being stacked up on both sides. And relational debts can't be paid back. You either hold on to them or forgive them. And your God says, I will release all your debts. Why don't you just go ahead and let go of what you're holding on to, too? Through Jesus Christ, the impossible has happened. Unforgivable debts have been forgiven. And because Jesus did the impossible, you can now do the possible. You can forgive the relational debts that are owed you to you. You can, in the words of Paul, you can love. And love keeps no record of wrongs. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that you have loved us 
You have taught us what it means to to love in such a way that keeps no record of wrongs. And now, God, teach us to love one another. I pray especially, God, I know there are people here who are holding on to grudge and holding on to a pain. They are waiting for for the debt to be repaid, and they just need to wake up to the truth that the debt they are holding on to cannot be repaid. They will either forgive it or it will destroy their relationship. And so I ask God that today they would just be given the grace to offer forgiveness. Would you make that possible? Because they would recognize that because you have forgiven them so much, they could forgive someone else. We would just ask that you would make that possible today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.